This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to hemp present. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to hemp present about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to Hemp Present, a weekly radio show where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers, and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I am your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, celebrating its 25th anniversary, found at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. Transmitting from a fortified bunker under a ramshackle reefer radio warren at an undisclosed location deep within the rumbling bowels of underground Seattle. My goal is to spread the green flame of 420 truth in 30-minute increments. Today's guest on Hemp Present is the Oregon-based cannabis activist and entrepreneur, Paul Stanford, who will be joining me in under two minutes. Unprecedented victories have been made in the struggle against pot prohibition. Advances that have broken through the ice shelf of oppression that has cast a chilling specter on every American cannabis enthusiast for a century. We cannot lose our stride and feel in any way satisfied, though. We need to double down and get to work because, with all the progress that we've made, there are still many critical areas that we need to focus on to gain the equality that we demand and many states yet to achieve adequate advancements. Every cannabis enthusiast needs to be committed to ending the federal schedule and getting cannabis out of the Controlled Substances Act. This needs to be priority one. We all need to be committed to defending parenting rights. We need to demand school-based medicating protection for minor medical marijuana patients. We need to be committed to legalizing home grows for every adult in every state. We need to be committed to gaining workplace protections and ending job discrimination. We need to demand reasonable regulation for concentrates. We need to get the pesticides out of the grows and the greenhouses because cannabis needs to be 100% organic. We need to fight for sensible laws regarding gun ownership for cannabis users who deserve the same rights as everyone else. We need to fight for impairment-based driving science and end the bogus DUIs. We need reasonable zoning for medical dispensaries and recreational stores. We need to demand tax reform and banking equality. To hell with 280E. We need to enact reasonable laws regarding the smell generated by industrial grows. We need either a separate medical system or a rec store model that actually serves and protects the needs of qualified patients. And every patient should qualify for medical marijuana regardless of their condition or whether they have some costly piece of paper. We need to fight for affordability for low-income people and for pot use in public housing. We even need to examine the environmental impact of throwaway packaging. These goals will be won 
because there was a global army of nonviolent cannabis activists who were working day and night to continue forward in the victorious campaign to end prohibition. You need to get involved now. Until then, I happen to have a cannabis warrior here with me today in the virtual studio, someone that I'm very honored to have. Paul Stanford has been active to end marijuana and hemp prohibition since he was instrumental in getting the Oregon Marijuana Initiative on the ballot in 1984. He is the host and producer of the TV show Cannabis Common Sense, and he produces the yearly Hemp Stock Festival in Portland, Oregon. Stanford is the founder of the Hemp and Cannabis Foundation, THCF, whose medical marijuana gardens have won many awards. Welcome, Paul, to Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. Thank you. It's, it's an honor. I appreciate it, You've been working to get cannabis hemp legal for a long time. Paul, how do you feel about the progress we've made so far, and what do you think is going to happen next? Oh, I think it's great. You know, we've finally seen some movement. You know, I remember when marijuana was being decriminalized in the 70s, and we thought that legalization was just around the corner back then, you know, in the late 70s. But taking a lot longer, you know, there's the reactionary pull back from the Reagan administration and they're just saying no business and they, they put George Bush in as their first drug czar. He came here to oppose our marijuana initiative back in the 80s, but I think it's great that we're finally starting to see some breakthrough and some acceptance and I can drive down the road and see you know, marijuana stores here in Oregon and Washington and Colorado too. So that's a big change. However, there's a lot of places in this country where People are still going to jail. There are a lot of prisoners in jail, families being destroyed. We need more legalization efforts. We need to change the laws that got us over the finish line in terms of you know, legalizing marijuana in Oregon and Washington and Colorado, too. We need to make those laws better. Just today, the Oregon Senate passed a bill to change the medical program and the recreational program. Our legislature has made it a little bit better, I believe. And so in terms of the future, we need to keep making those changes so that people can realize that, you know, marijuana is not like alcohol. It doesn't deserve to have the same restrictions as alcohol does. People don't die from marijuana overdoses the way people die from alcohol overdoses. People are going blind from homegrown marijuana the way they were going blind from homemade gin back during alcohol prohibition. So it's a different animal, and we need to treat it as such. In fact, not only a lot, lot safer, but in many ways, it's very good for you. So, you know, it takes education. And so that's what you're doing with your radio show. It's what I've been doing for 20 years now with my TV show and supporting those initiatives out there that make sense. It looks like we've got an initiative on the ballot already in Nevada, Looks like California is going to come along, Massachusetts, maybe Vermont will legalize it through their state legislature. So we need to keep pushing those efforts along. Looks like they're getting another medical marijuana vote in Florida. It's a step-by-step process, and when you win one victory, there's a whole new playing field to negotiate and further reforms to make. That's what our job is. Let's, let's talk about your TV show. You have produced to date, I think, something like, is it 700, 750 episodes of your live TV show? I think 27. We just oh, did wow. number 827. It started in October of 96. And so we're coming up on our 20th anniversary now. A lot of content out there. Most of it's available on YouTube. 
It's the, the Cannabis Common Sense Show. And we stream it live on Ustream.tv on Friday nights at 8 o'clock. And we do about between 40 and 48 live shows a year. And then we do the other, you know, to come up with 52 pre-recorded tape shows. We take videos we make at the Seattle Hemp Fest, at our Portland Hempstock Festival, and other events, and put those together for our pre-recorded shows when we can't be live in the studio for one reason or another. And I know you've done several shows with John Trudell, uh, the amazing activist, Native American activist who just passed away. Do you want to speak about him for a minute? Sure. It was a real honor to work with John. He did his last public performance at our Hempstock Festival back on October 17, 2015. He'd been fighting cancer for some time. He had been the president of the American Indian Movement in the late 60s and through the 1970s and 78. In 1978, he burned a flag at the FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C., and later that night, his home was firebombed, and it killed his wife, three children, another unborn child, and his mother-in-law. So he backed away from politics at that time, started writing poetry to deal with his grief, and then Jackson Brown, the rock and roll star, got him involved in starting to combine that with music. First, he worked with a Native American fellow here from the Warm Springs Reservation, Quilt Man, and they put out tribal voices back in, I think it was 73, and then he started producing other albums with Jesse Ed Davis and other people. It was my honor to do probably about 40 different shows with John. He played at nine of our Hipstock festivals, he also helped us in uh, benefits around the state to legalize marijuana. And he was an activist for marijuana as well. He also advocated industrial hemp and said that hemp is earth medicine. And we have to spend as much time on developing hemp for fuel, fiber, and food as we do for the, the medicine and adult social use. I got two minutes till I have to go to a break. Speaking of hemp stock, the Portland Hemp Stock, which celebrated its 10th anniversary, I believe, last October. But only after a protracted battle to a- obtain a permit, I actually testified on Hemp Stock's behalf. Are you expecting any problems Thanks. this year? No, I don't. We've already been given a date. I think it's the 23rd and the 24th of September. And so last year we didn't have that date until around the 1st of September, and we decided to put it off into October. But that was the date that's open. So we're moving forward. I think the city isn't going to battle us over it this year. We did everything possible to cooperate with them and build a good working relationship this year. It's one of my favorite cannabis events. How can people find out about Hempstock? Just go to Hempstock, that's H-E-M-P-S-T-A-L-K, like a corn stalk, only a Hempstock, dot org, Hempstock.org. And do you have a date for this year yet? Yeah, it's September 23rd and 24th which is a Saturday and Sunday. If memory serves me correctly, I can hope. I am talking to Paul Stanford. We are going to take a quick pause for the cause because there's flaws in the laws here on Cannabis Radio and hear a word from our sponsors and come right back. So don't go anywhere. We're just getting started with Paul Stanford. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. 
Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's orders. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. Right? <laughs> Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the, the king, right? You just have you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. <laughs> the Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now... Back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are back on Cannabis Radio with Paul Stanford. Paul, you helped Jack Herrer research and write the first edition of The Emperor Wears No Clothes in 1985. Of course, the seminal, groundbreaking publication, which really, I think, kick-started the modern hemp movement. How did you meet Jack, and what was he like back then? You know, the one word I always used to describe Jack was bombastic because he was loud and in-your-face and insistent on the righteousness of the cause. And he took his book all over the country, to campuses all over America, and set up booths and, and put it out there. I met Jack through the Yippies, the activists in the 60s and 70s and 80s, based out of New York City and 9 Bleecker Street. I'd read a book in uh, 81, by Abby Hoffman, his biography called Soon to Be a Major Motion Picture. And in the back of it, said, if you're interested in getting involved, contact the Yippies in New York City. So I did, and I got to get their periodical, and there was an article in that called the CMI White Paper. It talked about industrial hemp. And then I went down to L.A. during a break. I was at Evergreen State College in Olympia, and it was a, spur, a summer break. I'd taken the summer term, but I had about five weeks off, and I went down, and I was a contact in the Yippie magazine overthrow, and there was a, an L.A. contact called the Reefer Raiders. So I contacted them and ended up spending a couple weeks in the blacklight room of a head shop on Van Nuys Boulevard owned by Captain Ed Adair and got to know them over a couple of weeks. And just as I was about to go back to... Evergreen. Ed said, you should meet my partner, Jack. So I went down the block about a mile and just off of Van Nuys, there was another head shop there called High Country. And I, I met Jack. We went out to dinner. He gave me a copy of his first book, 
Grass, which was a kind of a cartoon book about rating marijuana and how to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10. And I saw him again when I moved to Oregon. I was Washington State Normal Coordinator from 82 to 84. And in 84, I came down to Oregon to help the Oregon Marijuana Initiative in August of 84. And Jack moved into Oregon in about October of 84. And he lived in Portland from 84 to 88. And we both lived about two blocks away from each other. And now the truth can be told, we were both growing marijuana in our basement with our friend John Tejo. And he had three little kids at the time. He was putting together this book, which was a lot of different news articles cut together. And this was back in the age when cut and paste meant scissors and glue. We didn't have personal computers yet or desktop publishing. And so he asked if he could come over to my house, which I lived in by myself, and put together his book. And so he did, and I did research and found a lot of quotes in the writings of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and Ben Franklin and gave them to Jack and he and Chris Conrad, who edited later editions of Jack's book, put them into The Emperor Wears No Clothes and into Chris Conrad's first book, Hemp Lifeline to the Future. In fact, they made up the whole last chapter of Chris's first book. But that's how I met him. You know, you mentioned the yippies. And I'll, I'll have you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that my last interview that hasn't been posted yet it was with Paul Krasner, oh, all right. who, who, was, who was also a founding yippie. Paul, the Hemp yeah. and Cannabis Foundation that you founded, the Hemp and Cannabis Foundation, has opened medical clinics in at least 12 states, the last I saw. Yeah. And as many as 250,000 patients have gone through the THCF clinics. Uh, what happens at those clinics? We help patients get their state permit for medical marijuana in states that allow that. We get medical records from patients regarding their condition for medical marijuana that qualifies in their state. Our doctors and staff review those medical records, and as long as they show that the potential patient has a qualifying condition, then we set up uh, an appointment for them to come in. We have them fill out a questionnaire. There's a video that explains the medical marijuana program in their state. Of course, we have to update that periodically. And then they meet with a doctor and a nurse and do the doctor does a physical exam, uh, reviews the medical record, and assuming the patient, you know, has the qualifying condition, and we wouldn't set the appointment if we didn't have the record showing they do, then they give them the paperwork they need to be an authorized medical marijuana patient in their state. In some states, like California and Washington until recently, just that paperwork alone was enough to register them or or authorize them for medical marijuana. In other states like Oregon, Hawaii, Colorado, Nevada, and Michigan, they have to turn that paperwork in to their state health department, and the state health department issues their permit. Well, I just got to tell you, I I think that what you're doing is marijuana missionary work. Paul, you are said to have given in in a big way. You are said to have given away over 200 kilos of free cannabis annually to patients over the last 12 years. And, and you know, i got to tell you, I'm, I'm feeling kind of ill, bro. I, I think I'm coming down with pretendinitis. Um, but, but seriously. <laughs> you just seriously, ask me. I'll be happy to give you some. I give, away, give it all away. It's fun. 200 kilos? That's some serious cotton mouth. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a blessing. You know, I went through the ringer myself in terms of marijuana cultivation charge back in 86 and I actually was the beneficiary of a jury nullification 
federal medical marijuana trial. It wasn't medical, actually, a federal marijuana trial back in 1993. I have a lot of patients who desperately need marijuana. I know how to grow really good marijuana, and I like to have good marijuana myself. And so I started growing it, and it just kept getting bigger, and I've been taking care of about 150 patients right now under Oregon's medical marijuana law. I basically take on the, the sickest and people who've been ripped off by their previous grower or caregiver, and so they're in a, a tough spot. And then I have people coming from all over the world with cancer or other debilitating conditions that desperately need marijuana. I don't have enough to fill all the need, but I help as many as I can. And, you know, marijuana grows on trees. I'm able to get, you know, 3 to, to 15 pounds off a single plant if I grow it right. I started indoors in January and February and put it out and put a 5- or 6-foot-tall plant out in May. And when I harvest it in October, it's, it's become a 12- to 15-foot-tall tree. You mentioned jury nullification. You've been called yourself as an expert court witness on marijuana and, and, and even, I think, medical cannabis issues. What's it like yeah. walking into a courtroom as the expert stoner dude? <laughs> you know, I'm there to help the defendant. And I've had many people, even before I was doing the medical marijuana thing, saying I helped them more than their attorney ever did. You know, I've been through state charges, as I mentioned, back in 1986 in the state of Oregon, and federal charges for cultivating marijuana. Uh, the trial was in 93. But something I like doing, I like going in and, and telling the, the courts the truth about marijuana to the best of my ability and, and helping defendants that are in the same place I had been previously. You know, it's kind of given back to help our patients. I've been called in. I've testified about 100 different times, mostly in Washington State. I am talking to Paul Stanford here on Cannabis Radio. We are going to take another quick break and come back with the final questions, and then we'll be back to irregular deprogramming in no time. So stick with us. For our final questions for Paul Stanford. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Boober way. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? I'm David Ogletree, president of WME Training. Did you know that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average? At WME Training, we can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. You could be you could be 80 years old or 8 years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. 
only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back for the final segment of Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio, and I'm speaking to Paul Stanford from the Hemp and Cannabis Foundation. Paul, for full disclosure, THCF has been the presenting sponsor of the Seattle Hemp Fest for several years. I, I've lost count how many. And, of course, I'm the uh, executive director of Seattle Hemp Fest. What do you think events such as Hemp Stock and Seattle Hemp Fest do for our communities? Why do you think that these kind of rallies are important, even in states that have already legalized or, quote, legalized? Well, it's important to educate people. Like I said, the more uh, we educate people about the benefits and the hemp and cannabis, the better they can represent that. And that's basically what it takes to change the laws. We have to continue to educate the public. We can't expect them to go out and find this information on their own. You know, and I like to teach people that, you know, marijuana is the oldest crop. It's been cultivated at least 12,000 years and probably more than 25,000 years. And it's the most productive crop, producing more fuel, fiber, food, medicine, and fun than any other plants. We just have to keep that education, and these live events are one of the best ways to do that. How also can people find our out... family together. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what an amazing global community. You know, you know the thing about, about cannabis that I've learned is that you can go anywhere in the world, and this community is, the, the, the people are the same. I mean, it's really amazing that, you, that we can talk a language on any continent, you know, you hang out with other stoners. I went to, I remember my first cannabis cup. I was sitting in a room with about five or six people, and it was 20 minutes before we all realized that nobody spoke the same language. Yeah, well, I, I've been able to go to some of these things around the world and call to speak in a number of Spanish-speaking countries from Spain to Chile and Argentina, and you're right. There are more marijuana smokers than there are Christians and Jews combined. So we're a majority, That's the way Timothy Leary put it long ago. How can people find out more about everything you're doing? The best place to go is our website. That's crrh.org, crrh.org. And that's a portal to all our other sites. And is there any uh, exciting projects you're working on uh, right now that you want to mention? Yeah. We are working to expand our clinics in the eastern United States, and we're working on a public stock offering on the Toronto Stock Exchange. It should be available before the summer. Nice. And then, of course, you should have a booth at the upcoming Seattle Hemp Fest, which is the third week in August. August, uh, Yes, definitely. We're looking forward to the Seattle Hemp Fest. It's always one of our favorite times of year. And, of course, I'll, I'll be seeing you at Hemp Stock. Thanks so much for being on the show, bro. I appreciate it very much. Hey, well, thanks uh, for having me. Give the best to your lovely lady for me, and we'll be talking soon. Best to can to there, too, and look forward to it. Thanks. All right, man. Now I want to get to a weekly feature on Hemp Present on CannabisRadio.com, and here it is, the quote of the week. Because I'm a hero like Robert De Niro. I know an Ital Rastaman. Got to keep eye heights, protection until time. The sun is shining, yeah. War is explosive. You've got to demonstrate, demonstrate. You've got to demonstrate. Don't fight, because the sun is shining for you. There's nothing else to do. And those are the awesome lyrics of Finley Quay from his 1907 song, Sun is Shining. 
And that concludes this installment of Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. Wait, put down that sticky dab rig. I want you to grab a pen and paper because I want to hear from you. Email me at hemppresent at gmail.com with suggestions, comments, and questions. Now get ready because I'll give that email again in a couple seconds. I want to thank my beautiful peeps in the control room, Brasco and Hannah, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors, advertisers, and producers. Join me next week for some more cannabis confabulation with another hempy hero on a journey to justice because when it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Till then, stay strong, stand tall, and toke it easy. Don't forget to email me at hemppresent at gmail.com. Turn up the music, maestro. I'm out. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.